Today is not your typical Monday Bro Ranch show. We have a guest. We sit and have a casual table talk with newly re-elected second-term Volusia County Sheriff Michael Chipwood. He talks about his early days as a beat cop in Philly and how he got into law enforcement, and that originally it wasn't something he wanted to pursue. How his dinner table talks with his parents, especially his father, and working for his grandfather has played a huge role in how he police and what he expects from his deputies and the role they play in the community. We also hear a few stories about his him being a beat cop, some comical, and a few of them very heroic. It's just a bunch of guys sitting around a virtual table shooting shit, zooming. <laughs> we hope you guys enjoy this one as much as we did. Let me think. Oh, I'm an idiot. It's all you, huh? What? Watch this. Talk now. How you doing? <laughs> oh, there we go. Hey, Gosh, damn it. we're going to blame Apple still, though. I, I agree. I agree. I agree. Uh, yes. <laughs> oh, man. Do you, guys, do you guys want me to throw a golf shirt on and say sheriff order, or am I all right like this? You're, hey. No, you're right there. No, we wanted you to be calm and relax. Yeah. Hey, you got me at my kitchen table, my dining room table. So all right. Got no, you. That's fine. Yeah. What, what, are you, what are you drinking on right now? Just water? I'm drinking water right now, but when I'm done with you guys, I have a nice cold Miller Light. Oh, okay. There see, we, I was I was curious. That's, that's I was, we, I was yeah. going to see if you were a wine or a beer man. Now I'm a beer. Actually, tonight's burger night. My girlfriend will be barbecuing burgers here. In a oh, oh okay. gotcha, gotcha. How you take your burger? Medium rare? How do you take it? Uh, medium well. Medium medium well. well. Okay. Yeah. With a lot of cheese. Uh huh. That's you know, that's what kind of cheese? American. American. <laughs> American. American. Hey, well, we appreciate you coming on here. Definitely, I definitely. The, uh, invitation. Oh, no problem. You're you're a very interesting guy. Like I, I I don't know where you live, but I see. I swear, you must be in, in near my neighborhood because I see you all the time. Exactly. Riding yeah. around. I'm by uh um Ray. Where are you at? Just in case. I, there's a warrant out for me. Where, where you live. <laughs> I used to always see you riding down uh, Tomoka Farm. No, Tom, is it Tomoka Farms? Yeah, Tomoka, Tomoka Farms. Farms. Yeah, yeah. Right. and there are, yeah. there aren't any sidewalks out there, but you ride that. You were, and there aren't any bike lanes as well. Yeah, but you were ride. Well, they claim the shoulders, the bike lane. Oh no! Oh, that's, oh. that's what they claim until you get run over. Then it's, then it's not <laughs> the right point. I, I'm I'm in uh, I'm off of. Uh, uh, Town West Boulevard. Uh, yeah, uh, Town West. You are in my neighborhood. I'm by Coquina Cove. Yeah, he yeah, in my yeah, neighborhood. Yeah, I'm, I'm in Royal Palm. So I'm you're in Royal Palm. Hey, babe, I told you he yeah. lives here. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. yeah, you live gotcha. here. I knew it. Gotcha. Oh, I see this man all the time. So hey, you, when I when I sent you an email and you you had a, it's funny you had your assistant. I was supposed to get back to me, and I was like, oh, she didn't get back to me. I saw you riding. I was like, I'm just gonna pull over and beep the horn <laughs> and talk to him. And my wife was like, No, I don't think you should do that. I was like. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, listen, every everybody else does it. Feel free to do oh, it. Oh, really? Gotcha. Okay, okay. Oh, I was, God, yeah. I was like, I was going to. I was like, I'm gonna pull over and say, why even return my message? Yeah. 
on Town West, it's good. When they do it on Tomoka Farms at 415, that's oh, a little, it's just a little, little scary. Yeah, little, little dangerous. It's over and you got those cars whizzing by you. You're like, this isn't a good place to stop. <laughs> do, do you own a motorcycle or no? Bicycle. Oh, you, no. Just a bicycle? you don't own a motorcycle ever? Listen, my mother taught me at a young age to know your limitations. Yeah. And me and a motorcycle, that's not going to happen. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. My mom tried to keep me from it too, but I was like, hey, I turned when I turned older, I was like, mom... I mean, she still tells me, you know, she still parents me now, but she's, you know, she gets on me, but I'm like, damn it, I'm this age now, damn it, I'm 40, I'm going to get a motorcycle, so. Gotcha. Hey, yeah. go for it. I went to motor school, and in the first two days, I fell like 22 times, and I'm like, this isn't for me. This isn't for me. I no, you're a balanced guy. You got the right and the left leg. That's what it is. It's I would have I, I swore he was a bike cop. You know what? I would have swore he was a bike cop. I know. I could have swore he would have been. I was thinking chips, man. I was like, yo, your earlier days, yeah. you chips. No. 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 All that aspiration. Oh, your father was? was a motorcycle cop up in Philly, yeah. But I never, I just never had any inkling to do it. Was it? I like four wheels. I crash enough with four tires around me, let alone on two tires. I got you. I got you. Yeah. From what I saw, you were a speeder. I, I was looking at one of your... Um, which is really commendable of you to, to uh, have one of your uh, deputies give you a, a, a citation that day when you were speeding. Yeah, he, and you were 23 miles think, over the speed limit? He didn't think that I would have, tell him to write me a ticket. He was being slick. Oh, really? So he can go back and tell everybody he stopped the sheriff. Ah. And then I said, well, you're, going, you're going to write a ticket. Yeah. He, uh, you could see he had a, a pucker factor. And you could see the career dissipation like his eyes start to flicker. Like, <laughs> you, you, you really want me to write a ticket? You clocked me. Yeah. You said I was doing 47 in a 35. Yeah. Write, write the ticket. Write mm. the ticket. I, I, I'll just give you a warning, though. Write the ticket. Gotcha. How about that? And he wrote the ticket. Gotcha. Yeah, um, you know, I respect that. That's integrity. Yeah, it is integrity. And yeah. he's watching his butt. I like that. You see, you're a smart yeah. man. <laughs> 168 bucks worth of integrity. Dang. Ouch. Um, ouch. So, Sheriff, quick yes. question for you. Yep. So you, w- you went to uh, college on a scholarship to play baseball. Is that correct? I did the first time. First time? The first time. The first time. Damn. You okay. Got, so you got two scholarships? No, I got thrown out. Okay. <laughs> okay. For what? No, no, no. Don't let that go. For, for what? I, I, no, I, I'll tell you, I partied my ass out. <laughs> you know, first time away from home. Yeah. Uh, uh, college bar across the street called The Rat, Westchester, Pennsylvania. Gotcha. Right. And, and, you know, that was back then when your fake ID didn't have your picture on it, just had, you know, your vital information. You could, just, as long as you knew it was on the card, they would let you in. Gotcha. And, uh, <laughs> And my incompletes turned to F's, and my father came to pick me up, and it was not a pleasurable ride up. <laughs> I bet it wasn't. Man, what position did you play in baseball? First base and pitched. First base and pitched. Wow, was it a full ride? It was a full ride scholarship? No, it was, a, it, was, it, was a, it was a partial pending on if you made it in, onto the varsity that year as a freshman. Mm, gotcha. So why did you want to be an American history teacher and, and coach basketball then? Because the biggest – uh, influences in my life outside of my parents and my grandparents were my coaches and teachers. Mm. Um, and I really, really loved history. I'm horrible in math. Yeah. I'm not good in science. Uh, I liked history. Oh, and I, I was, history. and I was a gym rat as a kid. I mean, I, I would spend hours and hours and hours playing basketball, baseball, and football. I mean, mm. I, I just loved it. And I thought this, it's a pretty cool way to make a living boy. If you get the, 
coach and play ball. And yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, not to make a lot of money, but yeah, it, exactly. it's a hell of a way to make a living. And you yeah. get a lot of vacation time, though. You get a lot of, oh, yeah. You get like three months, man. What, two months? Two months out of the year? Um, it depends on what sport. You get, oh, well, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, well, yeah, you're right, right? Because mm-hmm. the coaches actually, yeah, the coaches got to stay doing off season uh, recruiting. Oh, crap. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Never mind. So, yeah, speaking of, yeah, because I see you all over the neighborhood, how do you, uh, how do you think that affects your, uh, policing or your department? You think because you ride around the the community, to, to is it so people can actually feel he's visible? Yeah, because people can see you. So you think that helps with your policing and and, uh, and your department? Yeah, it's a great question. Yeah. Uh, when I was in Daytona, yeah, uh, every Friday I took the command staff out on a bike ride. We would pick a neighborhood. Yeah, I would tell them to bring a legal pad with them, and we would spend an entire afternoon. From maybe one o'clock in the afternoon to five o'clock at night, stop, talk to neighbors, and just take notes on what they on what they wanted. And a lot mm-hmm. of things weren't crime related. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of them were about trash pickup. Some yeah. was about overgrown grass, loud noise, yeah. street lighting. Yeah. And then we would compose an email and send it to the proper city agency and see if these problems could get fixed. Mm. So that was what started it. Now, as a sheriff, the county's a little bit different. Yeah. It's so damn big with the size of Rhode Island geographically. Mm-hmm. So I, I'd like to tell you I get out all the time, but I don't. Gotcha. I, I just don't. Exercise-wise, I can't run anymore. Both needs, both of my knees need to be replaced. Oh, so man. I opt for the old man sport of riding my bike. Now, I ride my bike over 1,000 miles a month. Um, wow. 1,000 miles. 1,000 miles a month. But that's somehow that's not working. I'm still losing my hair. I'm still gaining weight. I'm still getting older. So. <laughs> It's the Miller. It's the Miller Light. It's the Miller Light. Nice and clean cut. It looks good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. I lost mine a while, man. I lost mine. This is from experimenting. That's the Michael Jordan, Charles Barkley. No, but I lost mine because I used to bleach it. You remember? You you do you remember the Cisco era with the Drew Hill? Oh, I know you know that. Yeah, the the, the thong thong. song. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they were bleaching their hair platinum. So. You was doing that? Yeah, me and my twin brother. So it didn't turn out. This one we had that. Oh, for the boy band thing. Yeah, for the doing. boy band thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, whatever, dude. He was in a boy band back in the day. Him and his twin brother. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. He was in a boy band, too. And no. they were called Boys to Adolescent. It was right before <laughs> Boys to Men took off. Hey, Boys to Adolescent. So, Sheriff, you are direct and blunt, but you have uh, integrity and compassion. Where does that come from? Uh, I think it comes from my parents and my grandparents. Mm. My father... Uh, has been in law enforcement. He just retired uh, this past year, 55 years in policing. Wow. Uh, first 20 in Philadelphia. Uh, then he went on to be a police chief in three other places. Uh, spent 20 years in Portland, Maine as the chief. Um, and, and I was fortunate. Both of my grandpa- my grandfather's uh, maternal and paternal side, yeah. they, they lived to be, I was in my early 40s and early 50s before they passed away. And, wow. and their work ethic uh, my, my, my maternal grandfather was, uh, he was the only one in his family born here. The rest of his whole family came from Italy and they set up in the Italian market mm-hmm. and I worked for him. And as a kid, you worked for him every summer, you worked for him. He was a son of a bitch to work for mm-hmm. but <laughs> people from all walks of life, life shop there, rich, poor, black and white, Hispanic, Asian. Yeah. So, you know, for him to make a living, he dealt with people of all from all socioeconomic backgrounds and he treated them all the same. 
And my, 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 my paternal grandfather spent, a, he was a career Navy man. He spent 25 years in the Navy. Oh yeah. And, and he tells some interesting stories about how, you know, in world war two, basically the submarine was all white. When it, we started moving toward the Korean war, we started to get black folks on the, on the sub. Yeah. And then it, it, the enemy was getting after Vietnam. It was a completely different Navy than when he had first, first joined in. And he tells interesting stories of how they would isolate how people would isolate a black man on the boat, except if they were under attack. And then it was a different story. And then everybody was scrambling around together. But other than that, and, and, he, and he, he told interesting stories about the military in that capacity. Wow. wow. Very interesting. And, hey, if, uh, Raymond here is a, a, a former Navy Navy guy. What, what would I consider? Navy, right? What would I say? Navy? I would say. You could just call me, yeah, a Navy guy. That's, a that's Navy correct. guy? Yeah, that's correct. He's yeah. been in a tin can. So you <laughs> How many years did you have? How many years in the Navy? I was in there just four years active and five years reserve. I was on an aircraft cool. carrier. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. I mean, for serving our country. Well, that's, thank that's you. I, I didn't do that. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hey, hey, no, thank you, Sheriff. I, I, almost wore, I almost wore a hat for Sheriff, like a cowboy hat. Oh, really? I almost did. You should have wore a hat. I should have wore a hat for Sheriff. I'm a city kid. I don't, I don't, I'm not a, a It's all about respect. No, nah, see, I, I, <laughs> I knew that. I knew that because, you know, your term scumbag. I, I knew you were a city kid. <laughs> <laughs> so, he, he, you know, I, I, just the terminology, man. He's a Philly guy. I already know. He's Where, that what does that come from, by the way? Scumbag. Scumbag you know, of the week. That, that, was, that was a conversation at our dinner table. Mm. Uh, if you were disrespectful to your teachers, to neighbors, or to my mother, uh, when you got your ass kicked or you got yelled at, that's what he called you. You want to grow up and be a scumbag? I got to deal with scumbags <laughs> on the street all the time. I'm not coming home and dealing with them. <laughs> and, and, that, and he meant it. Yeah. I mean, he, 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 uh, uh, my father wouldn't think twice of a little bit of corporal punishment uh, if you step that line, I was gonna say he sounds like he was pretty physical. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, he, he, he was. Uh, you know, you didn't get you didn't get cracked for no reason. There had to be a good reason to get cracked, and I gave him plenty of good reasons uh, <laughs> to get cracked. So, so I have I have no argument with the way I was disciplined. I look back, I think sometimes I think he went a little soft at times. Really? Wow. You know, he wrote a book, right? Who? His dad. Oh, your dad wrote a book. It's called yeah. uh, Tough Cop. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, one tough one tough cop. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One tough cop. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It sold about twelve copies. <laughs> and uh, and he and he gave away about two hundred and fifty copies. Oh, really? <laughs> Wait, do you do you have a copy, Sheriff? Did I you do. Okay. I, 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 you want to wait a second? I got a copy. I'll see. <laughs> He's gonna pull it up from underneath uh, the table. It better not be tape a uh, paperweight. Oh, and, and you know what? it's funny you say that. It, it, it keeps the door open between the garage and uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's that's cool. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah. you're you're a junior. Yeah, he's a junior. Oh, okay. I'm a junior. Yeah. Very cool. So your dad's first generation, not third. I mean, he's first generation, right? Not second generation. Right. Yeah. He's first generation. Yeah. And um, I don't know. Do do you have any children? I have three daughters. Three. Oh uh, God, that's why you joined. God became a sheriff. God wanna, knew what he was doing. Yeah, I, I see that because so it could be legal. So your actions could be legal. That's why you became a sheriff. Oh God, I got two daughters. So trust me, I know how you feel. You know, that's why, and you're and you're fortunate. You got rid of your hair before it really started. Out. Is that what? The, is that did they uh, did they make the salt and pepper look come premature? Is it was it them? Oh, with, without a doubt, because <laughs> small kids, small problems, as you know, big kids, big problems. Yes. And now 
you know, the oldest one is 33, yeah. I think 33, 31, and 27. Oh, my and, gosh. Yeah. And they never cease to amaze me. The bank of dad. It's it's like, man, you got a master's degree. You got a, why, yeah. why am I paying all your bills? On <laughs> They're not in law enforcement? No, uh, the youngest one is, he's in corrections. Okay. He works for a correctional facility up in Pennsylvania. Okay. The middle one works for family court. Uh, she goes around and tries to track down deadbeat dads for the court system. All okay. right. And, and the oldest one is a elementary school teacher. Okay. She has three. I think there's a, so yeah, yeah, there's like influence of you all in there. Cause, uh, what, the, wanting to be the, what, the teacher and as and well as, uh, a correction correctional officer. and going after deadbeats. Yeah. Look at yeah. scumbags. Scum, yeah. Scumbags. Scumbag. <laughs> So, <laughs> Dirty ride scandal. The middle one was a challenge all the way. Let me tell you, most of my gray hair and losing hair was the middle one. Was the middle she one? Was, yeah, middle one. She was anti everything about me. She, if there was anything to push the edge of the envelope, that kid did it, and he did it on purpose. There's always one. There's always one that is your uh, karma. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I was a good kid. I, really, I don't know why my kids are bad. So you say you're a good kid. So was, you say I was a a, a mommy. Was it a, a mommy's boy? Right. We all are. Yeah, I was mommy's yeah, boy. Yeah. Man. I was good, man. I don't know why. I don't know what happened. I think God's you know setting me up for something great. <laughs> Check his check his report. Check my report. <laughs> Whatever. Uh. <laughs> hey, chief. So, sir, I mean, sheriff. You went from chief to sheriff. Why'd you make that transition? Um, the the previous sheriff, Sheriff Ben Johnson, was retiring. Okay. And the day he announced he was retiring, I was out. I was out. I used to be able to run back then. I'm out running through the woods in Venetian Bay, and uh, my phone's going off. It's former Mayor Glenn Ritchie. It's current Mayor Derek Henry. It's the city manager, and they're all saying, hey, call me. Mm. And I call them all back, and they're like, hey, we want to meet you tonight for uh, for a drink. We, we, we want you to run for sheriff. I'm like, get the hell out of here. I'm not running for office. I don't want to do that. Yeah. And, and Mayor Henry was insistent. He's like, look, this is the next move. You've been here 10 and a half years. Uh, this is your, this, you need to do this. You will win, and you will win big. And then he introduced me to some business people, and I said no. Mm. I said, I'm not doing it. I love it here in Daytona Beach. I don't want to run for office. So I, I let the first train go by. Uh, working the 500 in 2016, the end of the race, I'm out there directing traffic, and it was nonstop. People coming out of the speedway from all over the county saying, you got to run for sheriff. This job's perfect for you. So I jumped in the race a little bit late, uh, and I wound up winning in the primary. There were four other people in me, which was five. I won out in the primary. I remember. Yeah, I had more votes than the other four guys combined. And, you did. Uh, and every once in a while, I wake up in the morning and say, why does it do that? <laughs> <laughs> Dealing with county council is like, I'll, I'll deal with any problems my daughter if I have any day of the week. Dealing with county council, it's like, it's like herding cats. They're horrible. I remember you had tough times with them in the very beginning. It was like, like, like rubbing with sandpaper. Mm, yeah. It was a battle royal. All the programs that we did in Daytona Beach for the young folks, uh, mentoring programs, yeah. after-school homework programs, camps, we just transported all that over. It didn't cost the county any money, and I had a battle royal with the county manager and the county attorney over it. I'm like, I don't understand why you're involved in this, fellas. You, it doesn't cost a dime, and wow. you have no say. I'm the elected sheriff, and mm-hmm. it, it, it just went downhill from there. 
<laughs> I remember that. I remember him talking about that on another show. You said you heard uh, on a show that today was his, what, 15th anniversary? Yeah, 15 years of you being in Volusia County. Is that what it is we're celebrating? Uh, it, it, well, yeah, it'll, it's, uh, it's, it'll be our, it's the beginning of our 15th year doing the Mark Bernier show. 15 uh, years of Mark Bernier. No, yeah. We're not celebrating that then. That's another show. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay because... It's okay because Mark Bernier led me to him, so that's fine. Oh man, whatever. And, hey. Mark's, and Mark's a neighbor, right? Mark lives right around you guys. He does. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't he know. Lives, he lives in Coquina Cove, in there. Oh really? Oh wow. He's oh. one of the guys why they're probably enforcing parking restrictions. To be honest. <laughs> uh, oh, speaking of, oh, <laughs> speaking of, I got a bone to pick with you, sir. Hey, I got two, two tickets. I got two tickets in one day for parking. I was parked on 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 the street. But okay, I'll admit, this is not a grievance show, okay? No, it's not. But the vehicles were facing the wrong direction. But I was not blocking a sidewalk. But two tickets? They should have hey. gave you one hey, ticket. Hey, that's not me. That's the that's the Port Orange Police Chief. I'm oh. innocent. Oh, really? oh, see that? I know Grimaldi. Gosh, I know. Hey, got, know it's Grimaldi. You I know Grimaldi. Go. That was my motivation for I, this whole interview. Look, I know. Oh, let's I, go. <laughs> Let's go get Grimaldi. Oh, we're done now. Grimaldi. Oh, we're, done. we're done here. Let's just go. No, I'm just I'm oh, kidding. Man. Um, I was going to ask. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. What insp- What made you want to move to uh, Florida since you're a Philly guy, a Philly boy? Um, I, I had about I had 18 years in with the Philadelphia Police this Department. Mm-hmm. I, uh, di- I did really well on the written exam to become a captain. And five days later, when we took the oral exam, I got really stupid all of a sudden, and, and I didn't really score high. Gotcha. And I, at this rate, I'll never be able to run my own department. So let me apply and see what people fitting my criteria would look like. So I, there was about 10 policing jobs around the country, uh, you know, all over the country. And I submitted applications to all 10. Five came back hits. Five eventually got whittled down to two and two. Places offered me a job on the same day, Hillsborough, North Carolina, and Shawnee, Oklahoma. Mm, so in May of 2005, I departed for Shawnee, Oklahoma, halfway across the country, never been there, mm-hmm. you know, city surrounded by Indian reservations for different tribes. And I was there almost, I was there a year to the day. Uh, and about February of that year, a retired Philly cop who lived in Ormond Beach called me and said, hey, Daytona Beach is looking for a new chief. You'll love it there. The place is like the Wild West. Yeah. You need to apply. He said they got a serial killer running around. <laughs> community relations is horrible. Yeah. They hate the cops down there. So I applied and and I got it. That was and that's what brought you here? Serial yeah. killers. That <laughs> serial killers. It's the Wild yeah. West and the serial killers. West. Serial killers. They hate the cops and oh just he was like, the cops hate, the community hates the cops. And the guy's like, and I had worked for him. He was a sergeant. He said, you will love it here. You'll be successful. So I applied. <laughs> oh, my god! And gosh. sure enough, I got hired. And it was oh. the greatest 10 and a half years of my life. Oh, my God. Okay, look, since you mentioned that, I've seen so many shows. I was telling you before. Have you heard of the show Yellowstone? I, I, I scroll by it on my way to ESPN. Okay. I've never put it on. Okay. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Yellowstone. It's it's uh, it's Kevin Costner. He's all, he's all about these cowboy movies now. But anyway, it's uh, it's about cowboys and they live next to uh, Indian reservations. Since you mentioned that, but they have so much power in those Indian reservations. It's like they have. Uh, Isn't it federal? Indian. It's no. federal, right? They have like it's federal. It's federal yeah. land. So you can't so even. You can't go on there. 
And it's without like the white a federal officer with you to go on it. You could chase somebody in hot pursuit. Yeah. But you just, you just can't go on there and do anything without a federal officer being there. How was that? Was that like the Wild Wild West over there? It was, you know, coming from Philadelphia, which yeah. is a hugely integrated city. Yeah. I never, I heard the term other side of the tracks. Yeah. I didn't know what that meant. <laughs> in, 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 in Shawnee, Oklahoma? Yeah. There is the other side of the tracks. There's there the train goes through and you go on the other side and there's clapboard homes and 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 you have the the black section the white section yeah. and it's surrounded by all of the uh, of the uh, Indian reservations there the the, the Potawatomi's the Sac and Fox yeah. mm-hmm. uh, the Shawnee and the, I think it was the Pawnee was the other tribe out there mm. and they all have their own little lands their own supermarkets their own golf courses wow. their own everything. But they had a huge drug problem. Methamphetamine was huge oh, wow. on those Indian reservations. Really? Mm. Even in their community? Damn. Wow, that's, that's pretty crazy. That is pretty crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Hey, do you remember your first arrest? I do. What was it? I do. Uh, my first arrest, I was working with a guy who I went to high school with, named John Kissinger. He eventually became an FBI agent, and now he runs uh, investigations for the Attorney General in Pennsylvania. How about that? We were assigned to a paddy wagon working midnight to eight. And we're driving down the street in North Philadelphia, and a guy comes running up to us with no shoes on. He's, he's beat to a pulp, and they ro- he got robbed. Turns out he was a pastor, and he was picking, picking up a hooker, but uh, it turned out he was going to get robbed. So maybe <laughs> Lord I Jesus. Maybe I shouldn't say he was a pastor. So <laughs> we, we, we put him in the wagon with us, so he's sitting up front, and we're driving around. And sure enough, a couple blocks away, he said, there they are right there. So it was a male and a female. Uh-huh. And my partner, being the real good guy that is, he jumps out and grabs the female. Well, that was me with the male. <laughs> and, and now I jump out of the wagon, yeah. no radio, and this guy can run. Fortunately, mm. I was 23 years old. I could run, too. Yeah. We ran for six blocks before uh-huh. he just turned around and said, you got me. He fell <laughs> vomited. I felt bad. I let him lay there. And when he was done, then I handcuffed him. But now I, I don't yeah. know where I'm at. Yeah. I have no radio. And he got the guy's wallet in his pocket. So that was my first arrest. We actually got a commendation from the police commissioner uh, on that. How about uh, that? But I always joke with my former partner that, hey, and, that, and that, he had a little more time than me. I said, it's really nice that you jumped out and took a woman. And I had to run for six blocks after this guy. I just want to know what happened to the pastor. That sounds like a joke. Like you know what I mean? Like, yeah. A pastor walks in there with a stripper. What happens? Uh, walks into a bar. <laughs> oh my you know, god! It's it's it's. Uh, I won't say it. I could do a Catholic priest one too. Because we had a no, a no. I want to hear it. No, I want to hear it. I want to. And it was uh, Father. Do me a favor and pull your pants up, and then tell me what really happened. <laughs> what? Why were your pants down around your ankles when you got robbed? <laughs> He called the police, get a pay phone, he's talking to you because he's so upset. And say, like, Father, this is a great story. Why are your pants down around your ankles? <laughs> Not a good moment. <laughs> Not at all. Oh, my God. Not you, at all. Could you imagine? She was giving confessions, my son. <laughs> um, wasn't she? <laughs> hey, that's a scumbag right there. Damn scumbag. <laughs> scumbag of the week, right? Yes. Um. Exactly right. When I was in Philly, my first assignment there was a street called 13th Street. Right now, if you went down there, you would, you would say shit was a liar. This never happened because it's all been gentrified, regentrified. Mm-hmm. But the first block were the hookers, were the prostitutes. Yeah. The second block was transvestites. The third block was anything that your heart desired was in that third block. Wow. And, and, and people just flocked into that area. Mm-hmm. So you had a lot of robberies, you had a lot of shootings, you had a lot of different things that went on there. 
And it was it was pretty exciting working midnight to eight. I bet it was. I bet it was. I remember why my grandmother used to say to me, nothing good happens after 10 o'clock at night. She's <laughs> right. right. Nothing good happens on that street after 10 o'clock at night. My mom, said, my, mom, my mom said the same thing. Absolutely. Exact same thing. Absolutely. Yep. Wait, so uh, do, you consider, uh, do you consider Florida your home now? Since you're a Floridian, officially a Floridian. This is, where, this is where the good Lord Put wants you. me to be. I'd like to be for the rest of my life. Got you. And also, do you um, speaking of since you since you um, ran for sheriff, do you have any other political aspirations, or you just once you're done with no, sheriff, you're hanging? To, I'm, you're hanging I'm good. To, you're good. I'm good. You don't want. You don't, I, I would like to. I'm, I, I, I turn 57 in another week. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to. This when this term ends, I'll be 61. I would like to work till I'm 65. Yeah. So I would like to run for a third term and at 65, maybe teach. Uh, maybe by then the other daughters will have grandkids. Yeah. And kind of say, you know, at that point in time, it'll be 42 years. It's time to, time to get out of the way. Wow. Come on, Cher. We were hoping to go viral tonight. That's what we were hoping to go viral. <laughs> With some kind of announcement. <laughs> oh, it was an announcement. I know, right? <laughs> you know, Gosh, when, when you it. look at what's going on there today, and you watch what goes on today, yeah. uh, somewhere along the line, people lose their integrity or sense of what's right and what's wrong. And, they, you know, you get into this... this mm-hmm. uh, this for this this meanness that no matter who you back in the presidential election, they, they you're an asshole, and yeah. you know they're they're tearing up your signs, they're tearing up their yard. What are, you, what are you talking about? We're all Americans, you know. You vote who you want to vote for. Don't vote who you don't like. Well, exactly. Just because somebody votes for somebody doesn't mean they're an evil person. Yes, and, exactly. And, mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, we're all Americans, and, and just get over it. Mm-hmm. You know, when the day after the election, you guys had to get up and support your family. Yeah, yeah exactly. We do exactly. Same thing. I had to get up. I had a job to do, and it just seems it's just so evil uh, the way everything is so divisive. That how does anything get done? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's why I think you're supported by the NRA and the NAACP because of your. How about that? How about that for an endorsement? Huh? Yeah, I know. Yeah, you are. Shoot. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty impressive. That is pretty impressive. It's almost unheard of. Um, hey, what is the most valuable lesson your dad gave to you? Was to treat everybody the same way you want your family treated. Mm. Gotcha. I mean, he, he, he told me, you know, he didn't give me a lot of advice when I became a cop. Yeah. Uh, what he basically said is, you're going to go into the homes of the richest of the rich and the poorest of the poor. Mm-hmm. And your job is to make sure you give both those folks the best level of service possible. Mm-hmm. There is no difference. You don't treat somebody different because they got a lot of money. You don't treat somebody different because they, got, they don't have any money. They called you for help. Your job is to provide help. Did he want you to be a cop? He never, he never pushed me that way. And then when I was, then I was married and had two kids and I was working on the docks in Philadelphia and I'm like, Hey, you know, I make really good money, but you know, I don't want to stay here freezing my ass off the rest of my life from, from December to, to March. And I, and I, I didn't tell him I, I took the, I took the test for New Jersey state police, Pennsylvania state police, Philadelphia police department. Um, and then I told him, I said, I took these tests and now they want me to go through the rest of these processes. And he, he was proud. I mean, he, he was proud, and here we are all these years later. Mm-hmm. Um, but he never wanted to be that way because my father was my arch enemy growing up. Oh, I hated, really? hated cops. As a kid, yeah. he was my hero. As a teenager, he was the Antichrist. <laughs> and guess what? I was the Antichrist to him. I was going to say, I think, I think it was yeah. the other way around, too. <laughs> there, was no, there was no love lost in my teenage years with my father. But gotcha. when I got married, and you, know, and you guys know this, when you get married and have your own family, all of a sudden your parents aren't so stupid anymore. Oh, no. That is correct. They get, all, all they sudden, get really smart. Exactly. All of a sudden, they're, they're the people you're turning to for advice, and you're like, oh, you know what? You're apologizing. Like, gosh. 
I understand why you did this. Oh, trust me. I get it now. Yeah, the apple so, don't fall too far from the tree. Yeah. yeah. I, I, so you, you applied for the p- police academy without him knowing. You're saying, right? No, I took the, I took the entrance exam oh, without him. T- oh, without him knowing because you wanted to and see if you made it first? And then the process, I, I let him know. and said, oh. hey, this is, this is what I'm doing. And I had never fired a gun before. I'd never done anything like that. Gotcha. So he was the police chief, I think, in, in um, Middletown Township, Bucks County at the time. And he said, you know, you better come up here and get on the fire range a little bit because, yeah. you know, you don't want to flunk out. You've never touched a firearm in your life. Go ahead and, and we'll take you and teach you how to shoot and do some other things. And uh, and then our our relationship really pivoted to where he became my best friend. And today, all these years later, yeah, he lives around the corner from me. He's still my best friend. He he, he kills me every day. He's, uh, <laughs> uh, he's extremely high energy and and high maintenance. So oh really? Is another issue. Yeah. Oh, is he high maintenance? He's he's oh, is he high maintenance? Get him a job. I'm like, you just retire. You don't need a job. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know he's right. You know, you know, if you retire, you got to. I think statistically, uh, it's good for people to that stay retire, busy to stay busy because it prolongs your life. Does it? You're right. It prolongs your life. You're right. When you stop he, doing he's something, he's in the gym every morning at, at four thirty. Oh, really? He's, yeah. He has his own club. There's like eight of them. It's him and like six women, seven women. They meet at Planet Fitness on Nova Road. Six, six or seven women. It's Six. him. He's the only guy. He's the only guy in that little group. They take pictures. They send them to me and my mother. You didn't tell me your dad's a genius. <laughs> <laughs> How the hell did he start that club? <laughs> you know, I think the the youngest person in there is like sixty five too. So I mean, you have to. It's it's one thing if you have some 30, 40 year old women in that club. But, you know. is, this, is this the villages you're talking about? No, he lives around the corner from me. He's up with Planet Fitness on Dover Road. Oh, oh wow. wow. That's what I'm saying. Like, damn, dad's a pimp. Wow. Yeah. Sounds sound, sound like the villages. The, the village? Oh, the villages. That's, that's what the it villages, sounds like. Yeah, the villages are, uh, yeah, that, when I retire, that's where I want to go. <laughs> I bet. I bet. Is that Disney? <laughs> uh, something it's like Disney that. for old people. I yeah, know, yeah, exactly. yeah. Snowbirds. Oh, uh, yeah. Disney. Hmm. I'll keep that in mind. Hey, you made a comment about, I think about two years ago, where you said that um, police officers went from being, um, from being guardians warriors, to, to warriors to guardians. guardians. Yeah. So that changed. Can it, can it ever go back to being? No. Well, we, we, when I was trained and the way some, unfortunately some police departments still train, they train in a warrior mentality. Yep. And that, that mentality has to change. Yep. It, 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 for, it's been 20 years that we've been trying to change that culture mm-hmm. and make us more into the guardian mode. Mm. And, you get a lot of resistance from that. I mean, I, I, I got a lot of resistance at Daytona, but nothing like when I went to the sheriff's office. Um, the union was, you're going to get cops killed. Uh, this is bullshit. This is the escalation stuff. Yeah. And, you know, the law says we can do this. That's all we need to know. And, and in reality, it's, it, that's not the truth. It, it, you know, just because something is lawful doesn't mean it's not awful. Yeah. Ooh, I like and, that. I like that. And, you know, the sanctity of human life is what we all took this job about. We took this job to make our community better. We didn't take it to make it worse. Mm. And the sanctity of human life should be at the, at the forefront of everything that we do. Hey, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. You know, you got a guy with an AK-47 and he's shooting up the neighborhood and he's shooting at you. You got to shoot him. You got yeah. a guy in a school, you got to shoot him. But mentally ill person with a knife, yeah, you know, there's ways to time, distance, and cover. You could use that to your advantage. And maybe there's two or 300 less police shootings a year. You know, maybe the perception of law enforcement isn't the way it is. Mm-hmm. 
because you've taken these steps by using time, distance, and cover, less lethal tactics, uh, using mental health experts instead of yourself on some calls. Uh, there, there, there is no doubt, and I think if you watched, um, I, I had Fox News on the other night, and they did an exit poll of Americans. It didn't matter who they were, and they asked them a series of questions. Is the country headed in the right direction? Yeah. And it was, you know, it was like, yes, somewhat. There were multiple choices there. Mm-hmm. But when you add it up, it comes to like 60-something percent of the country says it's not going in the right direction. Uh, do you think law enforcement needs to, needs to redefine itself? You know, that was another one. That was like 78% of the country said it need, we need to redefine ourselves. Some mm-hmm. said a complete overhaul. Some said, you know, major changes. Some said minor changes. Some yeah. said no changes at all. But when you add up those three categories, you're at 78% of the country is saying your profession needs to change. Mm. So, you know, they're the things that we uh, as police leaders in the nation need to focus on. The, 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 the people who pay us are telling us, hey, you need to make a shift here. Mm. No, that's, that's really good. Yeah, I've watched uh, videos on you and um, that's the one thing. Well, there are many things I like about you, but you, you put an emphasis on life first. You 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 care and it's obvious and that's why I commend you because you you actually do care about life before you want like you're a sheriff you're a police officer you you want people to follow the law but at the same time you do care about people and that means a lot. I mean, you look at it this way, and 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 a lot of my theories through life were wrong. And as you get older, you know, if God's good to you, and you can still do what you love to do. You start yeah. to pivot a little bit off your initial thinking. Overdose deaths were, is an example. Mm-hmm. You know, we treated overdose deaths for years as the, the user, the person who died, made a conscious decision to break the law, buy drugs, and they died. Mm-hmm. Then you get here, you know, I get elected sheriff, and I'm, I'm the police chief in Daytona at the time, I get elected sheriff, and you start to see all of these overdoses. And you start to do a victimology, and you're like, this, this person's, like, never been arrested before. This person has been arrested a million times. But they don't. They, they, they didn't ask for this. Yeah. They have a disease. Yep. Mm-hmm. And somebody sold that knowing they had this disease, somebody sold them stuff that they knew they were going to die from it and sold it anyway. So now we investigate every single overdose death as a homicide. So when we get that call, both narcotics detectives and homicide detectives go to the scene. Mm-hmm. And we try to look for any kind of evidence that will tie us back to the dealer so that we can go after the dealer for either man- manslaughter or murder charges. How about that? It's it, it, it's 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 tough going yeah. because you have to have science on your side because a lot of people with substance abuse have multiple uh, health issues. So the drug is a causing factor, not the total factor, and they won't prosecute unless you can prove it's the total factor. Mm. So we try to do that, and, and 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 maybe we prosecute a handful of cases a year. But I think law enforcement now tends to look at these folks, they're victims. It could be your kid. It could be your grandkid. It could be your brother. I mean, we got people overdosing in their 70s. That's somebody's grandfather or grandmother who's overdosing. In their 70s? And they didn't do anything wrong. And and I view substance abuse different than I viewed it before. Now I view it as somebody who may, you could have heart disease, you could have diabetes, or you could be born and have substance abuse. Mm. Wow. That's uh, yeah. That's a, that's a serious thing. That's sad. That's yeah. very sad. What yeah. about? I know you just touched on uh, mental health. Um, um, how many cases would you uh, 
if you had a guess, this is my word, guesstimate. <laughs> guesstimate. Guesstimate. Uh, <laughs> that you deal with that, that's more so mental, mental, uh, mental health, mental health issues versus uh, addiction and, uh, yeah, versus addiction. I think they're tied together. You think they're tied I think together? mental mm-hmm. health and addiction. Yeah, I don't think, in my opinion. Yeah, I just got a big debate with a guy yesterday about this. I don't think you can separate the two because mm. um, there obviously there are some psychological and some physical things that go with addiction, and then you have mental illness with you know uh, psychosis and you know schizophrenia and everything else. That those folks use drugs to get relief from their mental condition, which can make it make it even worse. I, I, I'm going to tell you that probably eighty percent. Of everything we do involves the combination of those two. Wow. You know, domestic violence cases, most of the time the the guy is completely messed up on drugs or something else. Or he has some other mental issues that cause him to to, to not handle stress well and react Mm -hmm. in a violent manner. Um, The number of calls that we go on where somebody is armed, we're trying to do a study of that now to show the public that, you know, in point zero zero one of those instances, we, we use force. But there was 150 times where we never used force. We used all these other tactics. And the person was armed with a gun or a knife or a brick or whatever. And we were able to bring that uh, to successful resolution. Mm, that's amazing. That is re- that's, that's really awesome. good. That's really good. Do you, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's a personal question. Have you ever? Uh, I'm still going to ask it. <laughs> Have you ever fired your uh, uh, your gun at all? Yeah, twice. Twice. Uh, twice in Philly. I was in. Uh, I was in. I won't bore you. I'll bore you with the gory details. What the hell? Nobody ever asked. No, nah, I want to hear uh, the gory details. Uh, this is what I love to hear. I want to hear the gory details. Yeah. Nineteen eighty nine. Um, I was on patrol, and it was like two o'clock in the morning. And I responded to a call of a carjacking. Mm-hmm. Um. An Asian female operating, a, a, I think it was a Saab. Uh, she stops at the intersection. Guy comes up, smashes the window with a revolver, pulls her out of the car, gets in the Saab, and realizes he can't drive a stick shift. <laughs> so he goes for her purse, he gets a couple bucks, and he flees. Yeah. So when I get to the call, she says to me, hey, it's a, it's a guy. He's got on a – and you can't make this up. He's got on a Phillies baseball hat, a Philly shirt, red shorts, and red sneakers. And I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I drive two or three blocks down. There's a there's a, a bar that was like the bar out of Star Wars was on the sector that I worked. Yeah, and I get to the corner, and I'll be I'd be damned if there's not a guy yeah. standing outside drinking a forty, <laughs> red Phillies hat, shirt matches the description to a team. I get out of the car, goes, "Hey man, you got a minute?" And he throws the quarter beer at me, smashes it off the front windshield of the car. Yeah, wow. Like, oh, this is the guy. So we go on a foot chase yeah. for four or five blocks. We go through an alleyway, and I can see he's got a gun in his hand. We come out of the alleyway, and he's gone. And across the street is a vacant lot with a real high fence, and then there's a bunch of houses with porches and cars parked. So I said, oh, he's got to be hiding up on one of the porches. So as I'm using the cars for cover and checking the porches, yeah. he concealed himself between two parked cars. Mm. He pops up like a jack-in-the-box, shoves his gun in my shirt, oh, in my chest. Yeah. I pull my gun out and fall back and fire two shots. I hit him in the chest once, miss him. His gun misfired because it was a revolver. When he wow. smashed the window of the car, it knocked the cylinder out of whack. We both look at one another, yeah. and he's gun and runs, and I chase him, and we find him hiding in a dumpster. And then eventually he's charged not only with that woman's carjacking, but they link him to like dozens and dozens of robberies throughout this North Philadelphia area. 
So mm-hmm. that was my first shooting. That was 1989. Yeah. My second shooting was uh, 1993, November of 93. My daughter was born a couple of days after that, after that occurred. Um, it was a drug hit. I was working at Richard Allen Projects. A Plymouth K car pulls out, and a I think it was a Volvo pulls out behind it. They race up the street. The Volvo cuts the, the K car off. Three guys get out and open fire on the K car. Wow. And guess who's the third car behind them? Me. Mm. So I get involved in the gun battle. They get back in the car. We have a high speed chase. The guy in the backseat is leaning out, firing at me the whole time we're driving up. Holy crap. We drive up a mile, yeah. over a block, back a mile to exactly where this thing started. Uh, they lock their brakes. I rear end them. They get out of the car. I get out of the car after the crash. We engage in a gun battle again. Wow. And I hit I hit the guy in the backseat twice. Andre McNeil was his name. Wow. Mm-hmm. And, and eventually we catch him. So they were – we. I had a revolver. I had six shots. Uh. Those three guys <laughs> fired over 70 shots when they went back and checked casings. Wow. So, uh, so they were my two shootings that I had. Wow. Does that come home with you? Does that like you shooting Andre McNeil and the other guy almost getting you right there between the cars? Is that how do you no. do? You know what? what I, I was always grateful that I never killed anybody. Mm. I was grateful that we had really bad ammunition back in 1989. Yeah, yeah. And shot him in the chest and it went right through him. Didn't wow. any vital organs. He yeah. was able to run. He recovered. The criminal justice t- uh, case took care of it. Andre McNeil, I hit him twice. I didn't hit him in any vital area. Yeah. Um, you know, unfortunately for Andre, he, you know, he spent time in jail. And eventually, when I was in homicide, I investigated his murder uh, where he was killed. Oh, um, wow. wow. Years crazy. and years and years and years later. Wow. Uh, somebody, somebody slit his throat ear to ear. Oh, wow. So, yeah. They, they, they were, it was funny, Andre McNeil, God rest his soul, he used to tell people, uh, you know, Chip would shot me. Chip would shot me. Because <laughs> uh, uh, I was in, in the media a lot as a cop for a lot of my exploits, and uh, yeah. he wouldn't use that as a badge of honor. You know, Chip would shot me. You were know, recording when I just said that. I hope you can that out. Uh, Chip would shot uh, me. I mean, but uh, so engaging to those two gun battles, which is crazy. Um, I don't know what cops go statistically if they have that many uh, in their career, depending on obviously the demographics. Uh, did you want? Did you ever think about quitting? Because you're because I know you just said your daughter was just born days before. So something like that does it make you question? Like, oh, should I still be doing this because I have a family at home? Me, me no, no, me it did not. Yeah, other people, it, it does. Mm-hmm. You know, some you, the overwhelming majority of cops never fire their gun. Mm-hmm. Ever thirty yeah. years, forty years, never fire their gun. And you have other people that yeah. in a in a ten year span they get in four shootings. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and and all four shootings, they, you know, they were getting shot at. And you just say to yourself, that's just a luck of the draw. But uh, to, to get to your point, yeah. one of our one of our deputies, Sergeant Tommy Dane, who's been here with the sheriff's office for over 30 something years, greatly respected man. He was shot in the head, uh, out on, uh, 44, yeah. uh, two years ago. Mm. We were chasing a guy from Deltona that did a carjacking. Uh, we flattened all four of his tires. I was in the chase with him. Uh, eventually he bails out of the car. He tries to do another carjacking at mm-hmm. 44 and I four. I heard about By then this. We're urging on him. Mm-hmm. He opens fire on us. We open fire on him and Tommy gets hit in the head. Mm-hmm. And only by the grace of God, uh, in a millimeter of the way, he's dead. It just, mm-hmm. it just happened to hit him right where it creased him, uh, didn't, didn't go through his skull. Oh, wow. And after yeah. he recovered, 
Uh, he came in to see me about six months ago and he said, you know, Sheriff, 30, 30 some odd years of doing this. Uh, I have a five-year-old. He's, he's been remarried. He says, I got a five-year-old. I, I want to watch that little guy grow up. I, mm. I'm just going to re- go for an early retirement. I'm, I'm out of here. And he did. You uh, can't blame uh, him. Halloween, Halloween was his last day. He said, after 30, what do, I don't have anything left to prove. Yeah. And I think God's telling me something. It, it's time to go, man. I, I got a five-year-old. Yeah, his, right. His two other daughters are like uh, – they're like juniors and seniors in high school. So he's like, I, I just got to go. And I, and I, and I admire that, mm. that he, that he, he saw that and said, I, there's no sense hanging around here. It's time to go. Got you. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Hey, do you take vacations? Um, it's like you're always working. I do. Even when you're on vacation, you're working <laughs> before COVID-19. Uh, you know, my grandson, who is probably my best friend, uh, I would always fly up to Philly to take him to Sixers games, Eagles games, Phillies games. And we would, we would have like a man's weekend where we would yeah. go and do those things. Uh, and then my girlfriend, we would pick, you know, Hey, where do you want to go? Take a Friday and a Monday and we'll, we'll go somewhere. But you're tied to this damn thing. Never stops going off. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And with the iPad, you're in constant contact all the time. Yeah. You got to love technology. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. It's just great. <laughs> Uh, you, so you said you're a Phillies and Eagles fan? Oh, Phillies, Eagles, Sixers, absolutely. Everything oh, Philadelphia. Oh, I was going to say Sixers. I was going to say, who's <laughs> your favorite Sixers player of all time? Uh, Dr. J. I was going to say that. Yeah. And, and who? And, and Billy Cunningham. Oh, because I was saying, oh. no no modern Allen Iverson? <laughs> uh, me and Allen Iverson weren't good friends. <laughs> what, what, what? What does that mean? What oh, happened? You, you guys had, you had, you had a run-in with him? Uh, I had to arrest him. So oh, we're not, we're not good friends at all. No, no, we got to hear this. This well, is some yeah, good well, stuff. What what you arrest Al Alison for? Uh, domestic violence. Oh, okay. Yeah, we've heard of yeah. it. Yeah, we've heard uh-huh. of it. Is, what it, is what it came into. He had um, the allegations were that he had beat Tanya up, mm-hmm. threw her out of the house naked, and she had a call for help to get at, to get out of the situation. And the two people who she picked up called the police. Oh. Police get police get there. She doesn't want to do anything. Alan Iverson gets wind that she, that they that they called the police and, and, and he she was staying with them. He goes to the house, kicks the door, and allegedly threatens them with a gun. And they call nine one one. One of them locks themselves in a bedroom, saying, "Number three from the seventy sixers is here with a gun." <laughs> I mean, the nine one one call is beautiful. So based on that call and those interviews, we yeah. arrested uh, And it was really interesting to uh, go into his house. It was uh, it was interesting, to say the least. Interesting. I, I'm bad. Yeah. I bet. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was interesting, too, from the police perspective, because yeah. you had the top brass of the police department that said you're not locking him up. And, and, oh, and wow. my thing was, hey, we presented this evidence to a judge. The judge gave us a warrant. If his name was Joe Blow. Yeah. Would we have locked them up? If he was a cop, would we have locked them up? And if the answer to all those questions are yes, yeah. there's no difference here. Yeah, exactly. You know, you have people saying he waved the gun around. You have a guy locked in a bedroom screaming, he's got a gun, he's going to kill us, send the cops here immediately. I don't think these guys were smart enough to, to say that that never happened. But what happened was yeah. when they went to court, they had the I forgot he, like John Gotti, I forgot he, <laughs> uh, I forgot he, that one, I forgot he, this one. Yeah. They went so far south with their testimony, they were in Cuba. Mm. Wow! <laughs> Who Alan Iverson? Never heard of him. Who's he? 
So basically, he got he got the special treatment, basically, right? Because he's Allen Iverson. Is that correct? Oh, they they wouldn't let us search for the gun at his house. Wow. You know, it was, yeah. it, it was stuff that would never have been done normally. Yeah. That they really, the police brass really tried to block what was going on. And then these, then the witnesses, obviously, somebody got to them. Because when they got on the stand, they were like, Allen Iverson, I, I never heard about. Did I say Allen Iverson on the phone to the police? Wow. I was really nervous. So, <laughs> yeah. The answer. It's the answer. Who is it? It's the answer. Okay. It's number three. It's the answer. AI. The answer. Oh. The answer. Oh. Yeah. So you never yeah, said the name. Billy Cut. I'm left-handed, and I, and Billy Cunningham was left left-handed when I was a kid, and I got to meet him, and that was the first autographed picture I ever got ah. of any athlete was Billy Cunningham. So and then when he when he coached Moses Malone, the Sixers won. Uh, was it eighty two or eighty three? Won the championship. I mean, I, I that was just the highlight of my sports life. Was watching that. Uh, of course, the Eagles beating Tom Brady played pretty well there too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's pretty up there. Got yeah. you. Uh, oh, you, no, you. There was nothing like the Evil Empire getting beat by the by the Eagles. I know they mm. are evil, man. Cheaters. Hey, Eagles. Cheaters. Eagles. Eagles fans are pretty tough, though. They're pretty. Uh, tough. They're Eagle fans, Flyer fans. What was um, that movie with Mark? Well, all of them. Huh? All of them. I mean, I, I mean, you got to remember these fans pelted Santa Claus. Yeah, <laughs> they are back. What? Every once in a while, ESPN shows the footage of it. Uh-huh. Uh huh. They were a horrible team. I forget it was in the sixties. Uh, they were playing at Franklin Field. It was the last game of the year. There was a snowstorm. They didn't shovel the stands. Uh-huh. Santa Claus didn't show up, so they got some <laughs> six foot four college kid and said, "Hey, you want to make five bucks?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Suit on. Santa suit doesn't fit him. Yeah, yeah. And he starts walking out on the field waving. The fans got the snowballs. Next thing you know, this poor guy's running for his life. <laughs> <laughs> with snowballs. Oh, shit. They, they, they crazy. I was there when they pelted Jimmy Johnson. He had season tickets. Yeah. They pelted Jimmy Johnson with ice balls. Really? That was so bad. And the person leading the pelting yeah. was the mayor of the city. They oh, my out. gosh. <laughs> Yo, that's some funny stuff. Holy Man, that's crazy. That's cr- Yo, that's that, <laughs> Philly fans are crazy. Hey, if, tough. if someone said that you're more of a more of a politician than a sheriff, what would you say to that? Um, I would say that all police chiefs and all police officers, to a certain degree, mm-hmm. have to be "quote unquote" politicians because you got to navigate the landmines that are there, even as a beat cop. Yeah, you yeah. know, you, you want to make sure you know what you're doing. As the sheriff, I will tell you, probably eighty five percent of my job is law enforcement related. And then there's that 15% where you can weigh in at times to have the law changed or you can weigh in to have policy changed or sometimes you can weigh in and your endorsement can get somebody elected. Mm. You know, yeah. if, if, if you have that, that much of a, a sway or respect in your community, your endorsement can help push somebody over the finish line. Mm, gotcha. All right, let's see. What, what's a more relaxed question? What's your, your, your regular day like let's say uh i don't even know if you doesn't have off days do you have an off day or do you do you not I, I, you know i try to do sunday afternoon i try not to do anything after two or three o'clock on a sunday yeah because that's when i come and you know hang out with my girlfriend now it's football season watch football uh and just hang out do whatever needs to be done around the house do food shopping and all so i try to draw a line on sunday afternoons i'd like to block out all of sunday but i just it just doesn't work that way yeah normally i try to get up and out on my bike every every day some point in time every day i try to make sure there's time to get out even if it's only for an hour yeah i try to work out every day uh biking going to the gym doing something uh to keep your mind clear and keep you in, in the game 
Oh, uh, I got you. Yeah, and I know. Oh, yeah, I saw that too with the um, whole COVID thing. I know that slowed you down from working out, huh? Uh, that was brutal. That was brutal. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, uh, the bike shop that I go to brought over a. Uh, it's called a trainer. Uh, where you hook the back wheel of your t- your tire and then you can get on your bike and you can bike forever. Yeah, stationary, yeah. But biking with COVID was kind of interesting in my garage because, you know, Florida, your garage is already a 1,000 degrees. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> but it, it really knocked me down for about five days. Mm. That two days I just laid on the bathroom floor with a tile because it was the only thing that was cool enough to make you feel like your fever. Right, uh, really. Was breaking. And the nausea was incredible. And, and insomnia was the other thing. The headaches and the insomnia. We slept about an hour a day. Wow. Normally from 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. I would fall asleep for an hour. Why would then you, you were up at the time. Would you say so it's your... I don't know uh, people with predisposed medical conditions yeah. survive that. Because it, it wiped me out. And I can't imagine... That's what I'm saying. And you're shot. active. You're an active man. That's what I'm saying. I was going to say, do you contribute your, 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 your active lifestyle for saving your life probably? Yeah, I was lucky because it never got in my lungs. Oh, I was wow. It, 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 I never had a lung issue. Um, yeah. So, although some people would say I didn't have a heart issue because I don't have one, but <laughs> I disagree with that. <laughs> Ice cold. Want to get your lightning round now? Yeah, yeah, we're fine. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, we could, we could get the lightning round. You ready for the lightning round, sir? I'm ready. You Go ready? Hold on. Let me, all right. Let's see. Let's get some questions here for you, real quick. Bam. Keep it real. Yeah, you don't need. You gotta have that noise. <laughs> All right. Now, do I get points for this? Yeah, you get elected points. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put um, in a word for you with the people. All right. Okay, that works. And I know nobody. <laughs> All right. Good. Start it off with you with easy one: invisibility or super strength. Super strength. Okay. Texting or talking. Okay. How long can you hold your breath for? Ready? (laughs) (laughs) This is good. This is good. Uh, Three seconds. Uh, 20 seconds. 20 seconds. All right. What was your nickname back in the day? Huh. Uh, Shitty. (laughs) See, this would have been a good question to elaborate on. How many redheads? Oh, what's that? It would have been. Yeah, it would have been. Gosh damn it! Next time. Yeah, we'll get that next time. How many redheads are your are you friends with? How many redheads? Redheads. Are you friends with? Yeah, look at that. Mm. Make sure the girlfriend's not around. I would say she's my friend. Who's that? Who's that? My sister is. Oh, a you're, oh, okay. Your sister's a redhead. Oh, 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 yeah, she's all. Yeah, she's all. Yeah, I got the I got the Italian jeans. My sister got the Irish jeans. So. Is she is she crazy? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Off the top of my head, I would say five. Five. Okay. Uh, first celebrity crush. Oh, first celebrity crush was Marie Osmond. Oh, okay. Husband. Right. Favorite junk food? Uh, is considered pizza or Reese's cups. Okay, Ooh, that's good. Do you sometimes sn- mix together? Uh. <laughs> do you <laughs> snore? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> How many cups of coffee do you need per day? Zero. Zero? Oh man! Just like me. Just like me. 
What the hell? Favorite day of the week? Friday. Friday. You got any more? I want to ask him one. Keep going. I want to ask him one, one good one. Favorite holiday? Uh, Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. And how long does it take you? How long does it take you to get ready? For <laughs> for work, Godfather or Star Wars? Uh, ready, ready, ready for work takes about twenty minutes. And the other one was what was it? Oh, Godfather or Star Wars? Oh, Godfather, are you kidding? Of course, I know you're not a nerd. I know it, man. How about that? I know it. Who that? Although I will tell you, Princess Leia was also a, a crush. No, she was not. Yeah, hot. yeah, dude. Yeah. You know who was out? We just, we just, uh, we were supposed to review The Exorcist. You know, like, uh, what's her name? She Who's was that? hot. Uh, for The Exorcist. Yeah, she was hot. Man, we they had her. Where's? You mean the? Was it well, when she got older, Exorcist Two, the Blair? daughter. Uh, yeah, yeah. But when she got older, so they were Exorcist Two. She was hot. They had her some provocative stuff in Exorcist Two, man. Mm. Oh, Ooh, here's a good one. Here's a really good one. Who's that? Um. Sarah O'Connor or uh, uh, um, Riley from uh, Aliens? Which one? Sigourney Weaver? Yeah, but I'm going with the names, the characters, yes. Linda Hamilton or Sigourney Weaver? I mean, in her good days, in her heydays. I'm talking about Terminator 2. No one cares. What? <laughs> Everyone cares. You, that woman was... Okay, I'm sorry, dude. She was, like, perfect. In Terminator 2, she came back perfect. Anyway, I, <laughs> Anyway... I'm just saying. Sorry, guys. I didn't see, I didn't see any of those movies either. I, anything. I'm, I'm like 1950 back. What? I love American movie classics. Oh, gotcha. okay. Got you. I mean, so. Uh, oh, Yeller. Oh, Yeller. Did that usually think? Oh, Yeller? Uh, Gunga Din? Gummy, gummy who? Gunga Din. Gummy. Roger <laughs> Kipling. That, that's before our time. It is. I'm going to have to. It's I'm, way before. It's 1932. Yeah, it's before our time. I'm looking it up right. Uh, Google says they don't go back that far. <laughs> I want to thank you for your time, man. This is this has been a pleasure. Uh, I want here and listen. You got another Port Orange guy you have to interview. The new police chief in Daytona Beach, Jakari Young, is a Port Orange resident as well. Okay, well, hey, if you put in a word for us, we'll definitely yeah. interview him. I I will take good care. He's a good man. Okay, uh, got named police chief today. First African American police chief in the history oh, wow. of the city of Daytona Beach, and they we, started policing in 1904. We gotta have him. We gotta have him. Yeah, we got him. Let me tell you, he, he's a he's a good man. He's you a know, good man. He's, okay, he's a smart, brilliant guy who's going to go far in policing. Set and it, he's a Port Orange resident. Hey, set it up for us. Are you sure? Are you yeah. sure you're, you're you're not done with being? Uh, you don't have aspirations to being a politician because you sound like you're endorsing. You're a great politician. <laughs> <right here>. Jeez. <laughs> Listen, if God's good to me, I get one more term as sheriff. I'll be I'll be fantastic. Okay, you're gonna do it. Yeah, definitely, you, you got my vote. Hey, thank you again, man. Well, we're hey. going to wait till 2024, so who knows what that's going to happen. Oh, I know. But, you got my vote. But I, I will, I'll give you guys, to, I'll give your information to Jakari. And uh, he, he, the only bad thing about him is he's a huge FSU fan. I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Oh, we, I love Gators. The, my wife, she, she loves Gators, so that's why she got me in that. War, uh, he, might, he might not talk to you that. Oh, really? Mm. Uh, War Eagle. I think the highlight of his life was Bobby Bowden's giving him a autograph yeah. football. Oh, yeah. really? It's all for him, yeah. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Jeez. I guess we have to bribe him. So yeah. <laughs> hey, See how good it is. Feel free to blow your horn at me when you're bike when I'm driving by. Oh, I will. 
I'll, and, I'll, and I'll do it three times. Like you can stop, stop anytime you want. Okay. I'll, yeah. I'll beep three times so you know it's me. So you're, not, you're like, oh, who's that asshole? You know it's me. So beep, yeah. beep, beep. I worry when they don't beep. <laughs> <laughs> when well, they don't beep and they just hit. I, I hear you. I hear yeah. And, I've, I've, been, I've been there when you get hit by a pickup truck. It's not pleasurable. Oh, Lord, no. Mm. Jeez. Hey, did in a state park. Hey, didn't you didn't you lose your bike on the highway once once before or something like that? Oh, when I, I was I was elected sheriff. I was a sheriff. I was a sheriff about a a month, and mm. I took the, uh, the I got a brand new mountain bike, and I threw it on the back of the car and took it down to New Smyrna, yeah. to ride down to the uh, National Seashore down there. Put the bike back on. I'm driving on I-95, and it was dark. And I get home. I'm like, holy crap! There's no bike on the back of the car. <laughs> I never heard it come off. So wow. I had to circle back around and go back and call the police and call FHP. Yeah. And, and of course, it damaged about eight cars. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Welcome to the sheriff's office. All <laughs> the equipment on the bike rack. Thank God nobody got hurt. Oh, oh my God. God. Yeah. I was going to say, holy crap. But uh, thank you once again, <laughs> Sheriff. Thanks for your time. We Thanks. appreciate you. Yeah. Have a great night. You, hey, too. you too. Bye. Now, that was entertaining as hell. I didn't know this dude was that cool. Oh, he is pretty funny. I mean, Damn funny. Great sense of humor. Yeah. Good timing. And also just a people person. Absolutely. People person. Yeah, I mean, he just kept it real. I can see why people like him and they're drawn to him because he just seems down to earth, man. You feel like you're talking to someone you know. He's very likable. Yeah. He's very personable. Very personable. And, very likable. And uh, I, I'm glad that we didn't go uh, too into serious stuff. But we touched on certain things. We touched on everything. And he didn't mind. he didn't mind either telling you, like... His position, why he did things, but he also got real personal about yeah, stuff. I mean, exactly. He, he he pulled you in. He pulled you. He let you see behind the curtains of why he does what he does and how he sees what he sees and the reason behind it. Yeah, no, dude, I was not gonna lie. It's one of the best interviews. I, I enjoyed that. That was fun. That was fun from beginning to end. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, when I researched him, I was like, man, this. This is the real deal. Yeah, and so much so. Look at that. He's gonna make us talk to the other. Like he's hooking us up with the new chief. I mean, I, yeah. Bro, what amazing. That's amazing. I hope the, you guys enjoyed it. What? Yeah, the first black. First black elected chief of of uh, Daytona? Daytona. Damn. Yeah. There amazing. we go. Crime's about to go up. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> damn. Crime's about to go damn. up. Oh, gosh, damn it. Why you dissing the black? <laughs> I ain't dissing the black. I'm just saying sometimes with black getting off, they got to turn on their own. We won't even get them on Because it's like, oh, we can't let them. They're like, you know, we can't let them get away with stuff. We gotta gosh, edit. damn it. We got to edit this out right now. I'm not editing. <laughs> hey, I hope you guys enjoy that. That was that was a, uh, one for the books, man. Definitely was. Chip, uh, Chip Woods definitely got our vote, man. He's an awesome guy. He does. And uh, you guys have a great week. Like, subscribe, share, and make comments as well. Absolutely. Now, that was some good stuff. Fucking AI, bro. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs>